Hello, and welcome to My Vet Mentor's Mentor Moment, a podcast aimed at those in the veterinary industry. I'm your host, Dorian Strickland. Welcome to the moment. Welcome to Mentor Moments, Episode 2, Staff Pay. Is it getting too high, or is the cost worth the value? Last week in Episode 1, we discussed great employees and how they don't complain, they simply leave. Well, in this episode, we're going to turn the discussion to all manager and practice owner's favorite topic, staff pay. 20 years ago, when I started in the veterinary field, the starting salary for new employees was close to minimum wage. Of course, if you had work experience, it could increase your value to the new employer, depending on what that experience was. Or, if the practice for which you were applying was desperate for a quote-unquote body, it could increase your value. Uh, Raises were thought of by owners and managers as a necessity, and it was difficult to get a raise that could be considered good without a lot of negotiation or convincing. For those of you in the industry today, it may sound as though not much has changed. These days, while minimum wage has increased, the idea of starting close to that minimum wage is still held on to very tightly by a lot of managers and owners. Uh, Raises may come more frequently, but they are generally still not bringing the staff up to what they believe is a comfortable living wage. Well, this past week, I read an article on some statements from Jennifer Lawrence, who you may remember from The Hunger Games, that were made either in late 2018 or early 2019, and I think it rings true for the veterinary industry. I thought we'd go over that a little bit. I'll share the link article in the show notes where you can actually access the article itself. But I'm going to hit some of the highlights and relate it to the veterinary field itself. The article was about how celebrity salaries can help you decide what to pay your best employees. And I'll start by giving you a few examples of what she used. Um, I realize that we are nowhere near being able to pay what celebrities Uh, are paid. However, I do think that some of the examples she makes are good. Let's start with uh, Tom Brady, quarterback for the NFL's New England Patriots. Uh, Many consider him to be the greatest of all time. And in 2018, his salary was $15 million. Now, during Tom Brady's time with the Patriots, the team value has gone from about $172 million in 1994 when Robert Kraft purchased the team to a current value of roughly $4.1 billion. Both of these numbers are according to Forbes. Now, this is not to say that Tom Brady is the sole reason for the increase in value, but I'm sure we can all agree that his play has contributed to that value. Now, Tom Brady is the only player to have won four Super Bowl MVP awards, including countless other awards. Uh, I think most people would agree he likely will be inducted into the NFL Hall of Fame on his first go-round. But did you know he wasn't actually drafted in the first round in 2000? He was actually drafted in the sixth round. And for those that don't know, that year, there's only seven rounds of the NFL draft. So, had he not been taken in that round, it's possible he wouldn't have been taken in round seven. And we would all agree, I think, that his career would be vastly different from what it is now. 
I would argue that the value of the New England Patriots would be vastly different as well. Now, he only started at quarterback in his second season because Drew Bledsoe, who was quarterback at the time, who was projected to be kind of the next best quarterback, uh, the best quarterback in a number of years. I remember the excitement of seeing him come into the league because I really particularly enjoyed his play, and I thought he was going to bring a lot to the New England Patriots. But he had a essentially a career-ending injury in the second game of 2001, which was Tom Brady's second season. Drew Bledsoe sustained a pretty severe hit and was taken out of the game, and it was at that point that Tom Brady came into the game. So how does this equate to to us? You, you've probably heard that when you're applying for a job or when you're working in general, you should dress for the job you want. Well, shouldn't you, there be some level of expectation from those that you hire if you're in a management position? I mean, you're, you're hiring them based on a lot of factors. One of the factors, maybe one of the major factors, is what you believe the value is. So what if you paid for the value you think you'll get from that individual? If it were you, would you work harder or even be able to deal with more of kind of the idiosyncrasies from day to day if your salary was higher? I think I would. Uh, I'm pretty sure that I would. It certainly helps you deal with some of those things that are not so favorable in everybody's day-to-day work. But let's get back to the article. So the article suggests that when an employee provides value that far exceeds the norm, You have to forget about pay scales. You have to forget about industry benchmarks. And I think I agree with this wholeheartedly. I think when someone says I can no longer afford to pay my top staff, I would ask them if you can afford not to pay them. If they've demonstrated value, why not show you you appreciate their value? Maybe you can come up with an alternate way of showing them that you have value, that you see their value. If you have pay scales set in your practice, and I think probably you should, uh, if you don't, I would certainly look into that. Uh, Pay scales meaning for a kennel person, uh, starting pay is going to be no lower than this. Uh, Ending pay, no matter how long they've been in the practice, as long as they're in this particular position, will never go over this value. Uh, You do that the same thing for uh, kennel, hospital attendant, technician, credentialed technician, veterinary assistant, receptionist, management, and so forth. But let's say that you have some people that you believe you have a very high value of. If you have someone of extraordinary value, figure out a way to keep them. I think it's okay to break the salary barrier that we were just talking about, but perhaps you could find some other way to incentivize them. Maybe you could include additional PTO or paid time off. If they would normally get two weeks of vacation because they've been there five or six years, whatever the case may be, or 80 hours a a year, maybe consider increasing this by a few days to a week from this year moving forward. So instead of receiving two weeks every year, uh, starting this year, you're going to go ahead and receive three every year. Perhaps you could take on the expense of their student debt. You know, if they have student debt, and a lot of people do, and in fact, student debt has been shown to be kind of a crippling debt to a lot of people simply because the debt far exceeds what is expected of somebody making the salary that they're 
making. In other words, they don't make a high enough salary based on the amount of debt that they have. Perhaps uh, you could find another way. I'd love to hear what you guys have come up with in the past for some of your top employees. I'll add a post to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash myvetmentor. I'll ask you to go comment on what you have done for your top staff. Or if you are a top staff or somebody that's received some kind of additional incentive, comment what you like. I think we should think outside the box here, and I'll try to share some of those. Uh, and certainly if you go to our Facebook page, you can see them for yourself. You, you likely already know who your top staff are, but I'd like to challenge you with an exercise in the coming week. Take some time each day this week to watch your staff, uh, interact with them, see who goes above and beyond each day with uh, either clients, coworkers, doctors, or just those that happen to come into the building, the people that they interact with. It could be someone delivering food. It could be your Hills rep or whoever it is. Make sure that you pay attention to everyone, uh, everyone from receptionist to technician to kennel, hospital attendant. Just pay attention, but try not to do it in a creepy way. In sports, they have lots of people working for you to evaluate the value of an individual, uh, what they bring to a team. While you likely don't have a team of scouts or evaluators, you do have the ability to watch everyone closely. And again, don't be creepy about it. And make some determinations about their value. If you have a reward program like we talked about in Episode 1, where staff can recognize each other, review this or print out statistics as a means of evaluation. If you have online reviews that mention staff by name, take this into consideration. You likely do annual evaluations. Look at what you've written in there, what you've noticed. If work just seems to flow better on some days versus other days, do some research to see why it's better on those days. Is it because of one particular individual or is it a combination of staff? You know, if there's a particular combination of staff, you want to try to duplicate that for sure. It could be the other way around, however. It could be that things are actually pretty good for the most part, but they kind of fall out of whack when certain staff are working together or when a particular individual is on. Pay attention to this, and we'll try to address this on a future episode. But if you have someone that is of value to your practice, take some time to think about the cost to your business, whether it be productivity, teamwork, customer relations, or something else. If that person were to leave, what would the cost to your practice be? Could increasing their pay hurt your bottom line? Well, yeah, for sure. But would their departure hurt your bottom line more or less? If you said more, take action today to keep them. It doesn't take a lot of effort. It just takes time. It takes open communication. And you can get people, I don't want to say get people to stay, but people will stay if they feel valued, as we talked about in our last episode. And I think that you likely will find that an increase in pay or how you reward certain staff, your top performers, I think you'll be surprised how much it pays off 
in the long run. If you were to increase somebody's salary by $3,000, but that increased the hospital productivity by $100,000, 3% doesn't seem like a lot to me. Take some time to think about it. Go through with the exercise that we talked about a few minutes ago, and I think that uh, you'll find it very rewarding. Well, that's it for this episode. Remember, you have to not only show your appreciation to staff, but you have to tell them that you appreciate them. If we discuss something in this episode that you'd like to hear more about, send us an email to myvetmentor at gmail.com, and we'll try to discuss it in an upcoming episode. Don't forget to like us on Instagram and on Facebook, both with facebook.com and instagram.com slash myvetmentor. And of course, for more information on MyVetMentor, you can visit our website at myvetmentor.com. Click on the podcast tab to hear previous episodes of The Mentor Moment. So don't forget, if you like what you hear, hit the subscribe button. And we'll see you next time for our next Mentor Moment. Thanks for listening to our Mentor Moment podcast. This podcast has been brought to you by MyVetMentor Veterinary Consulting. Remember, the best way to support us is to give us a like and subscribe. For additional information on anything we discussed today, And to see where you can find our podcast, visit our website at myvetmentor.com slash podcast. And we'll see you next time we have another Mentor Moment.